Hello. Nick Lamontia. Who is this? This is Jay Michaels. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you? Sorry, it sounds like an automated uh, call. <laughs> I won't take that personally. Um, is this a good time to speak? Yeah, we can we, we can chat now. Terrific. Well, then, if I'm on the line, you're on the air. All right. Sounds good. Nick, it's, it's obvious now that we are we are just uh, 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 internet buddies, and I have not met you. Uh, but you are. But you have just finished a film, or you're in the process of a yes. film. Uh, 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 yes. Let, let me and our listeners know all about it. Sure. Yeah, we actually wrapped production uh, and had a local Pittsburgh area premiere back in 2018, and then we hit the festival circuit. Of uh, our film's called Body Farm. It's a horror psychological thriller. Took about two and a half years to complete, uh, <laughs> shooting one or two days a month. Um, with about ended up being around, around 22 days of production, somewhere around there. And we had to take a break from my wedding in the middle of all of that. But, oh uh, yeah. So, we did that. We started around 2015 and then finished up in, uh, with that release in January 2018. And then, fast forward to about two years on the festival circuit, hitting probably a little over 30 festivals, winning a bunch of awards up and down. Uh, the United States and over in Europe and India, things like that. We screened all over the place. How? What was the and reception like? It seems to be pretty good. Um, did take home a decent amount of prizes, and I think from a producer's standpoint and a co-director's standpoint, my proudest moment was that so many departments won different awards, from acting to sound to cinematography to editing and writing. Um. So many departments are represented, and so it really speaks highly of our crew and what they can do to make a project. That's great. Um, and so then we now, as of March 1st, 2020, um, we released on five streaming networks in 60 markets. Wow. And there's our Amazon Prime, Google Play, Microsoft TV and Movies, DirecTV, and iTunes. And we have a sixth one coming. We just signed the deal for it. Can't really give those away just yet, but that's coming here in the next month. We find a sixth service. We should talk about a seventh service because I would love to talk to you about putting it on Terror TV. Potentially. Potentially. That's something I can put you in contact with my co-director and executive producer, Brandon Keenan. That's terrific. Uh, he handles all of that aspect. Tell us about the movie. What's it about? Uh, uh, the movie itself uh, actually is a psych thriller horror film uh, that um, is about a documentary team that sends a crew member ahead to scout the body farm. And a body farm is, uh, they're real things. There's one in Tennessee, and there's several around the world, uh, where they study human decomposition for crime scenes. Uh-huh. And, and what uh, our writer and my co-director, Brandon Keenan, did was he took that concept and he combined it with, there was a Chinese, there's a story of a Chinese prison that actually would... Um, sell prisoners on death row, sell them into the black market um, in terms of like body parts and things of that nature. And so what we did is ran and combined the two concepts and we created a narrative 80, 90 minute film out of the process. And so if to, to loosely say this is based on true stories, uh, would I be correct? 
I would say no. Uh, it's based on the true element in the true body element, farm okay. itself. The, lo- the, the location becomes another character. Okay. And you you find all of the security guards and all of the doctors. Everybody is a puppet and a puppeteer to what this entity is. And the entity is a big part of the community in the area. It's part of a small town in Midwestern United States. Nondescript, and essentially, once this documentary team arrives, and it's not a found footage film, I will say that. Right. Um, when when the documentary team arrives, it is in for some nastiness and in for some vile behavior from the body farm itself. Gotcha. Wow. Then you're just the guy to talk to right about now. I've spoken to a lot of. Uh, your, your fellow fright film uh, makers and uh, a lot of the comments I'm hearing is you want to see you want to see the future go watch a horror movie and and your yours could very well be implicated that way uh, what do you think of what's going on out there today yes that's on the screen you know, look out your window what, what what's going on today in your eyes you know I, I think today in what we're seeing with the covid 19 situation we do have a lot of panic and some is justified and some isn't. I will by no means claim to be an expert on the matter, but having done some research here or there, family members in the medical community, and speaking with them, some of it's justified. Some of what we're doing as a community to protect the community as a whole is justified. Um, Because (laughs) weirdly, as fictional films have predicted, uh, these things can snowball. Yeah. And... um, the science behind the science fiction is huge. And for this whole uh, virus that's out there, it does need to be contained in some form or fashion. And I think the steps being taken uh, in terms of social distancing and, and quarantining uh, are valid. I, I, I would rather my loved ones be safe. Um, and for... The economy itself, I do understand where that that aspect is. And I understand how that is being hurt by this. And fractionally, the amount of people that probably will be hurt by a weaker economy versus the actual virus itself, but then we're weighing human life. Yeah. And I don't think any of us are in that position to do so. Certainly not. Um, So that's where I guess my thoughts are on it. I, I think some of it's justified, some of it maybe not. But from a scientific background, I don't think I'm anywhere near an expert. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm a writer. I, I, I live in the world of science fiction. I have, uh, I have a sleeve of science fiction stories tattooed on my arm. That's um, great. Do I, see, do I see parallels between fiction and nonfiction at this point? Yes, I do. And that's disturbing to me. Um, but I think we need to listen to the experts and listen to the scientists out there, the scientists that do inform our science fiction, um, because there is a basis of truth in the science. Haven't we um, always had that? Hasn't there always been, you know, you look at, you look at a, a horror movie, a science fiction film, even, even a, a fantasy film, and, and could, couldn't we look at it and say, you know, that a, a level of that could happen? 
Yeah, I, I do. And I, I think in looking in terms of fantasy and, and elements of that, I think everything's rooted in the story. And right now, what we're seeing in people's reactions is rooted in the story. We don't know the whole story. Right. We don't know all the angles. We only see perception. We see whether it's the perception of our politicians or the perception of our scientists or our media. Um, we're only seeing their perception. And frankly, the scientists probably have the best perception. They're the ones going off of the data. Um, the politicians have an ulterior motive. The, me- the media has an ulterior motive. That's right. As a storyteller and a narrative storyteller, I have an ulterior motive. Um, <laughs> I want to connect with my audience, much like the politicians and the media do. Does a scientist necessarily care about his audience? I mean, if they do, maybe we should question that scientist and their validity. So, well said. To, to me, perspective is everything. Where are these people coming from? And the storytelling aspect is everything that we do in our life has a story behind it. And that story could have smoke and mirrors. It could be a straight tunnel with no doors, no windows. It could be a Scooby-Doo hallway. <laughs> Every door leads to a different door that's not connected. And for us, it's nuts that we don't know the whole truth. And I think that's the scariest part of this whole thing. I, I agree. Uh, it, well, we, we've seen with 9-11, we've seen with everything else, a year, 10 years, 20 years down the line, suddenly something comes out and we say, oh, now it makes sense. Uh, let, let, let's talk uh, truth uh, with you about your film uh, you say you, you shot uh, on a limited thing every week and, and it took you two years and all of that. Why did it take so long? I think one of the big things, and I've worked in independent film for about 15 years now, um, that my producers and I, as John Gallagher, uh, who's kind of like our silent producer, backbone, go to him for advice. He's been in the business a long time. And Brandon Keenan, who I've come up in this business with, um, and I think the biggest thing we wanted to do is we wanted to tell a story at an independent level that didn't look like an independent film mm-hmm. and we didn't compromise production value. And for us, that involved a very dedicated crew and a very dedicated cast that were able to hold tight, hold their looks, which was huge, for two and a half years, um, and work with us. And I think building the camaraderie and the authentic team nature of everybody's an expert in their own area and we all come together and hopefully make some sort of expert expertise in our film. Um, and again, that's a perception. Uh, <laughs> but for us coming together and having that dedication of a team made that feasible. It wouldn't have been feasible without those people. And by having one shoot day a month, we were able to hugely planned for that shoot. Uh, we had some crazy good locations. Uh, we shot in the mountains west of Pittsburgh, still in Pennsylvania, close to the Ohio border. Uh, a friend of mine gave up their property for us to use as part of the land that the body farm sits on. Um, and then we ended up, we rented out the West Virginia State Penitentiary for, and our cinematography team did a great job of making it seem like it was a a basement prison when I had 30 foot windows across, across the hallway from the, uh, <laughs> cell. And we, we were able to black those out, really make it dungy, grungy, almost like a dungeon un- under the uh, body farm. And, uh, it's a crazy old haunted prison. I mean, our film doesn't have any 
supernatural elements to it. Okay. Aura in that griminess really helped sell it. Of course. Um, and we actually, and we actually followed, um, the Mindhunter series from Netflix at the prison. They left on Thursday. We were in there on Sunday shooting. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so that was kind of cool. But, um, yeah, our film itself, for us, the reason we took two and a half years is we didn't want to compromise quality um, on the low budget. And we self-funded, so it wasn't like the money was coming from everywhere. We have very gracious, significant others. Um, and they were able to support us and make things happen. So you were uncompromising in your artistic vision, and and time was relative when uh, when you want to talk about art, which I think is amazing, which I think is what so many yeah. people should do. Yeah, I, I'm rather, I'd rather not rush a product. And I know a lot of people are asking us, do you guys have a sequel? Do you guys have a sequel? But, like, we have a plan and a vision for us and for Body Farm. And that plan and the vision was to hit the festival circuit for two years and then travel down the distribution route and see where it can happen. Right. And see what happens. And then see what happens with that before I commit to something, before I say, yeah, I'm going to do it. I don't know what's next. Um, the KVT Productions, the production company behind it, Brandon's company, and they're doing a lot of great things. Um, and I work with them here and there and, and what I can do to support him and his company and their vision for moving forward is the best that I can do. And so for the team aspect, we don't know what's next for us. Yep. But for us, it was always about mapping out the project, and knowing what was next, knowing that we had to prepare for what was next. And so for us, it was a month leading up to the next production day. And while that month was happening, Brandon was editing. So we knew if we had to go back and maybe we do a quick pickup shot from. So maybe not counting that as a production day, but we only need two actors and a feed and something of that nature. And so the big thing for us is not compromising the way it looks and the way it sounds. Nick, you've taught me a lesson. I'm 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 an impatient soul and, and I guess I guess your way of doing things turns out great art. So I'm I'm very impressed at that. Well I appreciate that. Not Thank a problem. You you, uh, you, you you talk of the future. Uh, now we now you already have your future mapped out, what you want to do. But as we look out of our window, and, and one source says two weeks, haha, another source says two months, another source says not till the fall, uh, when it ends, whenever all of this, and we get back to, quote, normal, um, what's, what's normal for, for the industry? What's normal for film? What's normal for art out there? How's it going to change? I, 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 uh, I, I think um, trauma and tragedy influences art. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't think there's any way of predicting what content will come out next. I know uh, after 9-11, the Flight 93 movie, uh, there was the Nicolas Cage movie, I believe, mm -hmm. was panned because it was people said it was too soon. Right. Um, and so you do have that gray area of what will be acceptable and what won't be acceptable. Um, I did randomly see a trailer online from probably D-level zombie movie already about the coronavirus. <laughs> um, yeah, it just... Yeah, that makes sense. Up. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so somebody's been working behind the scenes getting together in groups of greater than 10 to make that happen, I'm guessing. Um, either that or some fabulous green screen work. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, think, I think the biggest thing we have to recognize is 
tragedy and trauma influence art, and the art's always going to be there. But I think we will also see a humanistic side of our come through more humanity in what we're doing. I mean, frankly, I see it every day, and our communities are growing closer because, unfortunately, maybe that's what it's not. But people are coming together. And I think when people come together to support each other in this or that or whatever they're doing, good things happen. And maybe we'll see some cool, inspired art that is representative of a positive side of humanity. And maybe it's not an influenced, or maybe it's not influenced by coronavirus zombies or COVID-19 attacks. Right. Maybe that's not where we're headed. Maybe it's, I would hope, maybe it's a more humanistic side. Because to me, the greatest part of a story is the human side of a story. That's what we're here for. We're here to connect with humans. We're here to tell the human side through art. I, and, I feel and that's where this leads us. I hear a lot of uh, I hear a lot of people say uh, we're all going to come out of this better people and better artists and you're you're echoing that and and I I'm I'm screaming outside my window as I see no one saying I hope I hope you are all right and that's what we get uh, Nick please feel free to send me a trailer or any information on your movie I would love to tell the world about it it sounds amazing sure um, um, I appreciate that thank, thank you. you so much for your time um, I look forward to seeing your film. Uh, uh, and and good luck to you. Stay healthy. Uh, the whole works. And and please keep in touch. Love to hear. Love to hear the great art that's going to come out of this from you. Well, I appreciate that. And and be well, my friend. Thank you. Take care of yourself. And thank you for the time. And uh, we will definitely send some stuff over to you and see what we can see. See what information you can put out there. Terrific. Thank you, thank you very much. All Ciao. right. Take care. Bye. Be well.